Leaders in Worship Podcast, Episode 31. Welcome back to the Leaders in Worship Podcast, the podcast to equip, connect, and develop leaders in worship ministry. We do this by equipping leaders with the right tools, connecting them with like-minded vision and people, and developing their ability to lead effectively. Welcome back to the Leaders in Worship podcast. My name is Matt Perkins. I'm your host. I want to thank you for being with us today. Today we have Amber Rhodes. Amber is one of the worship leaders for Gateway Church in Dallas, Texas. She leads worship for their Frisco campus, and she has a new project that has just released called Broken Beautiful. And in addition to that, she is on the Women of Faith tour right now, and she is one of the worship leaders on that tour, and so we're going to be talking with her in just a few moments, and uh, she has some great things that she is sharing for each of us as worship leaders to keep life and ministry in perspective. Uh, Just want to remind you, we have a couple things that are coming up. The WFX conference is coming up October 2nd through the 4th, and encourage you to check that out. You can still get involved, and there is the promo code LIW2013. That will save $150 off of your regular registration price. So go ahead, and that link is in the show notes, so make sure that you sign up. I'll be speaking for WFX in their leadership track, and then also in the Unite Worship Conference. I'll be doing a couple sessions for that as well. So I encourage you to check that out. It will be a great conference, and you are going to enjoy it. Well, now let's go right to our interview with worship leader, recording artist, Amber Rhodes. Amber, thanks so much for taking time out of your schedule and being with us on the podcast today. Well, thanks for having me. I'm excited. Maybe give us a little background on how you got involved in worship and what you are doing now in worship ministry. Well, I grew up in church um, in the Dallas-Fort Worth area. And um, always loved music. I had a musical family. My mom is an opera singer, and she would always take me to musicals. And then she also was part of a Southern gospel group. And so I just grew up with music um, as a very uh, young child. And when I was in youth group, I was about 15 years old, my youth pastor asked me to lead worship. And um, that was very new to me and very scary, but... Um, I did it, and once I saw um, just my peers um, and young people worshiping the Lord and just hungry for God, like I knew that, that was what I was called to do, was to connect people to the heart of God uh, through music. And so then I graduated and studied music and went to Bible college and graduated there with a degree in church music. And I just love leading people into the presence of God because I, I just, I've seen what it can do. I see people healed and touched and ministered to during worship. And yeah. so I'm just glad that I get to be a part um, of that connection. That's great. You, one of the things that, that we've been talking on some recent episodes about the importance of worship as being uh, 
not just something that we perform, but seeing the congregation engaged in worship. And, you know, and even when you're talking about that with seeing healing, seeing definite signs of God moving in hearts, there's there's nothing more, um, I guess, humbling than being involved in worship ministry, leading worship, and seeing people touched by the power of God, the presence of God, and seeing that change. You are involved in worship ministry at Gateway Church, is that correct? I have been at Gateway for eight years, and I've been a part of the worship ministry for six years. And I'm currently a worship leader at the Frisco campus, which is in North Dallas. And I'm also the worship leader for the single adults ministry. And then I also lead for women's events and things for Gateway. But those are my two primary roles is Weekend Worship Leader at Frisco and Gateway Single. The new project that you have, Broken Beautiful, can you tell us a little bit about this project? Well, about two years ago, my worship pastor approached me and said that he felt that it was time for me to do a solo project through Gateway. And I was kind of surprised. It it, it just, uh, I wasn't expecting it, but um, I fully embraced it. And he told me just to start by writing. He said, just write for the next nine months. Just write what's in your heart. Um, we'll connect you with songwriters that you want to write with. We'll do our best. And so they did that. Um, and they sent me to Nashville. And that was my first experience to co-write. And I was very nervous. I felt very vulnerable and very out of my league. But um, God was there. He... Um, he just directed me. He helped uh, use these songwriters to pull out some really deep places um, that were um, some deep things that I was going through and pull them out and put them in songs. There's a lot I've had to lay down And I'm weary There's a lot that hasn't worked out But somehow I'll trade my soul personal song for where I've been the last several, several years. And I'm kind of still in the journey, but I'm kind of moving. The shift has already happened to the new season. So I really like that these songs really are my story, you know. Always, always So what I thought was going to start out as a worship album, um, it kind of ended up being more of a singer-songwriter artist album where the songs were more like song stories and, and songs to encourage the body of Christ. 
and songs about things that I learn in everyday life and about seasons that I'm in, you know. So it's very different because I've always done worship projects where they were either live or we were just singing worship songs to God where most of these songs um, are about God or they're encouraging to people. Um, or they're just me crying out to God saying, where are you? <laughs> when when does this project release? Project releases August 27th. Did you go into the project with a specific theme that you really wanted to to hit? Or was that all a part of, you know, kind of an organic process with the co-writing? Um, my main message was about restoration and redemption. Um, I come from a ministry background. And I had gone through a divorce, and I had a lot of hurt and and pain inside as a as a minister's wife. And I know a lot of people um, understand that being in the ministry. I also had a child that's um, ill with a disease, and so on the outside, people would look at me and think, "Oh, she's got it all together." They'd see me leading worship, but not know that at home, you know, I was a mother crying out for my daughter or um, going, you know, going through divorce. And so eight years later, God has shown me how he redeems all the brokenness in our life. He restores it and every season he will redeem. And so that is what I experienced personally. That's what I wanted to write about. And that's where Broken Beautiful came. And then all the other songs kind of just flowed around that and just became kind of part of the journey of laying things down giving up control, um, seeing that there is more to life than just what we're going through, that there's people out there hurting. And so that's my message is God restores brokenness and he brings hope. You had mentioned about a blog post that you had written. I had just threw out a couple questions to some worship worship leaders and and you had mentioned a blog post that was back in the spring on spiritual hoarding, and mm-hmm. um, it was such a great blog. Was that part of the the laying down, and could you talk a little bit about that part? Yes, that was um, in a time when uh, I was going through an identity crisis, as I know a lot of creative people do, musicians, worship leaders, worship pastors. Um, we start to find our identity in what we do instead of who we are. Yeah. And I was a victim of that. I fell to that. Um, I believed um, some lies uh, that the enemy had told me um, of who I was. And um, worship and music became like my greatest source of affirmation and also my greatest source of rejection at the same time. It was a vicious cycle. Hmm. And I've talked to many, many worship leaders who have gone through the same thing and they're in the same um, they're in the same situation, crying out, saying, you know, who am I? Who am I? And God said, I need you to lay down the thing that means the very most to you. I want you to lay that down. Um, and I was like, are you kidding me? Like, this is the <laughs> one, worship and music was the one thing that brought joy and peace and contentment and brought life. And he, he said very clearly, that's the problem the music and the worship and the, the position and and all that is what is bringing you joy and not me, your Heavenly Father. Hmm. And so 
it was a hard lesson to learn. I and I took a sabbatical for two months, and that's when I wrote that that blog um, of how God showed me that I needed to clean out some some lies and some perceptions, and just get down to the bare basics that God loves me. I'm His child. I'm His daughter, and that if I never sang another note, that would never change. I'm still His daughter, and He still loves me. And once I grasped that concept. When I came out of the sabbatical, um, my worship living was completely different. It was from a completely different place. It was from a deeper, deeper well because I knew who I was, truly knew who I was. And so I just felt that I needed to share that. I'm not a big blogger. I've just started doing that, um, learning about writing and sharing. But I knew that many of my friends and fellow co-leaders all over the world need to hear that message that it's about what who you are not what you do. Well, and it's it's easy for us to justify sometimes uh because we we say, well, yeah, God, I I love doing this and this is for you and I'm doing this for you. Look at all the people that are helped by this. Don't take this away from me, God. And and whether it's people that have been on our worship teams, if it's um ourselves a number of years ago I was came down with spinal meningitis and mm. I had was going through a a period of of time where um, I had some complications after that and for a couple months couldn't do anything and you know I had my wife and our um, oldest daughter at the time and I remember feeling just so helpless, saying, God, you know, if what am I good for if I'm just laying here on this bed? I can't even get out of bed without, right. you know, just being violently ill. And um, after my wife, who helped talk some sense into me, and, <laughs> and I realized, you know, I, I, have, I have started that exchange of, of confusing what I do with who I am, and and I've been in that that exact same position, and um, and it's always important for us, and it I don't think it matters the position that we play on the team or anything, right. and uh, so I found that really interesting uh, because didn't you say that there were some other things that you thought it was time to lay down, but it wasn't. It wasn't that. Right. I was working a, an office job and doing music, and I know a lot of worship leaders um, are pulling double and triple duty sometimes, and I was praying that God was telling me it was the office job. He wanted me to lay down. Yeah. And no, he's funny like that. It was, no, nope, I want you to lay down what you love to do the most because that's that's true sacrifice, and I'm going to get at your identity. And I, I truly believe that every season that we go through, something's either going to be healed in us or killed in us. Hmm. And we had, so I had to get to a point where some things had to die and some things had to be healed. And I, I am a people pleaser. Um, and because of that, um, I found some roots of rejection that were there from childhood that I needed to be healed of. So it was a really deep, deep healing that if we're going to be effective as worship leaders, worship pastors, and lead people into the presence of God, we need to be healthy spiritually. Yeah. And, um, 
you know, I thought I was, and I, you know, I was, you know, it seemed that I was effective in leading worship, but that I needed to be healed of some, some things. And, um, I tell you what, now I see such a difference because it doesn't matter what happens around me. It doesn't matter if, if I, I'm, I, you know, something doesn't come my way or something I wanted to do doesn't happen. But I truly now know and believe that God has assignments for me. They're not opportunities, they're assignments. Yeah. And he's either going to close the door or he's going to open it if he wants me to be there. And I had to learn that. And once I did, I tell you, it's been just a whole new world. <laughs> it's been amazing. That's a, And that's a great, just that key line of what you had just said of they're not opportunities, they're assignments. And, right. And we can get that confused and we can run after so many good opportunities that we run ourselves ragged trying to do good things, but they're not God things. They're not the things that God is really wanting us to to uh, zero in on. And uh, right. What we're and I'm a big ad. I'm a big advocate of making sure that that we put our family um, before ministry yeah. because I've seen it in my own my own life um, in the past that um, when people are married to the ministry, um, you can lose your family and. Yeah. Um, I, you know, I saw, I've seen that time and time again with my friends who are in the ministry and, um, it breaks my heart. And so that's why I just encourage people that, um, you know, you've got your ministry is your family first. That's, right. that's the ministry, um, before the people you serve. Um, cause when you serve them, your family and you serve God, the rest is going to fall into place. Yeah. You know? Everything that we do in worship ministry, it's a family ministry. If it's if it's one person in the family that's involved, it's still a family ministry because the rest of the family is sacrificing their time. Right. And um, you know, it's just the stakes are too great to uh, right. to sacrifice our family for that. You are also involved in a current tour that is happening. Could you talk a little bit about that? Yes. Um, earlier this year, uh, Women of Faith approached um, Gateway and asked if we would do the worship for their fall tour. And so we prayed about it, and then um, I was told that I would be one of the worship leaders um, on the east, I mean, on the west coast. And so we have just started that tour, and we've been to two cities so far, and we leave tomorrow for the third, and it goes till November. So it's a three-month tour. And we are just seeing God do amazing things. The theme is believe God can do anything. And I truly believe that as a worship leader because um, personally walking through, you know, my daughter's illness, I stand every day for her healing. And I believe um, that all things are possible with him. And so it's just been great seeing um, God move in a new way uh, with Women of Faith. This is this is a new venture for them, a new partnership for both of us. Um, so we're really excited to see what God's going to do. What advice would you give to a, a worship leader, either a, a, a young worship leader that's either starting out, maybe it's the individual that's found themselves in, they've found themselves in the situation that they're dealing with some some brokenness. They're dealing with some issues in life, thinking, God, is this the end? 
Um, first, I would say be be genuine and be transparent in your worship. Um, people know when worship is forced or contrived, and your worship has more impact when people can tell that it's genuine, it's from a heart that's transparent. So if you, you know, when, when I have brokenness um, and I have hurt and trials in my life, I lead from that deep place. I lead and dig really deep and um, cry out with all my heart. And um, so it's important, no matter, you know, whether you're on the valley, on, on the mountaintop or in the valley, wherever you are, whatever season of life you're in, you lead from that place. Um, and be transparent and be genuine. And don't try to be like any other worship leader or worship team at, at another church that, that God gave you a unique sound. He gave you your voice, and your team has their sound for your church and messages that are for your church. And I would encourage also, especially these, the young ones coming up that have songs in their heart, that that they'd write their songs, write their own songs for the church. Uh, no one knows better uh, what that church uh, needs uh, to be singing as a message of their heart than than the worship pastor or the worship leader who is there day after day and sees the people and knows, you know, what what cry is coming out of their heart. And so I encourage them to be creative and, and write songs for their church. Um, be who they are. Be who God created them to be. And know that you're going to go through seasons, and not every season is going to be great, and you may not see all the fruit, and it, it just may seem like you're just, you know, trudging through. Um, but God is faithful, and like I said, He will redeem yeah. all those seasons, um, and that, you know, you He takes you from one season into the next, and not to get discouraged if the season you're in right now just seems very. Uh, dry, and maybe, maybe you feel like you're in a wilderness. And I've been in many of those. I've been on staff at several churches where I ask God, what am I doing here? You know, yeah. am I even having an impact? And does anybody care? And, you know, especially in my younger years. So I would just encourage you, um, be who God created you to be. Don't be anybody else. Uh, you are uniquely and fearfully and wonderfully made, and use that uh, to glorify God and be genuine. Um, people, they love genuine worship. Mm-hmm. Even the pe- person with the hardest heart that comes in, they can tell if someone means what they're singing. Yeah. They can tell if there is transparency. And so... Um, I just see it a lot in this younger generation. They kind of look after, you know, somebody like Hillsong United or a certain songwriter or worship leader that they want to be like. Just be yourself. Yeah. And God will honor that, and He will use your ministry um, to be very impactful for the kingdom. Many of our listeners are a part of churches who have multiple campuses. You leading at the Frisco campus, do you work off of your own set list from the different campuses, or do you all work off of the same on that weekend? Um, We have a master set list um, of songs that are um, kind of, uh, they've been approved, and we know that our church responds to them, and um, they've worked well, and 
so we have a master list for all campuses. And our sets, can we can choose from any of those songs. But each campus also can choose um, a certain amount of songs a year that are just campus-specific. Because each one of our campuses have different personalities. There are different different demographics. And so uh, we we wanted them to be able to feel like, you know, each campus can kind of do maybe their own songs that kind of work at that campus. They may not work at another campus. And so um, those are campus-specific songs, and those are added to the master list. And then every weekend, each campus has their own list. Um, every once in a while, I think it's once a month, we will do one song, the very first song, and we'll sync it so that all campuses do the same song. And then they'll show a video during that first song. And everyone at every campus can see all the different campuses. And so that kind of keeps us connected um, because we are one one church, but we have five locations, but we're one church body. And so we will sync about once a month just the first song. And then after that, each campus goes on their own and does whatever songs that they um, feel led to do that week. Well, Amber, you have been so generous with your time, and I, I want to thank you for just sharing the the journey that you've been going on, and we sure appreciate it. Well, I'm honored to be here, and I just, I really appreciate what you're doing. You're doing a great work, and so keep it up. Well, I want to thank Amber for taking the time to be with us today. She had some great things to share. One, what is bringing you life? Does ministry give you more life and joy than God does? And then secondly, in every season, something is going to be healed enough or killed enough. We need to be healthy in our ministry, not just effective. Those are some great comments that Amber had. I want to encourage you, make sure that you go to iTunes. We have the link in our show notes that you can go and purchase her new EP that is just released called Broken Beautiful, and you are going to enjoy this project. I definitely have enjoyed listening to it. I want to thank you today for being with us on the Leaders in Worship podcast. And as always, if you have a question or comment, we would love to hear from you. If you have found us on iTunes, you can go and leave us a starred rating and a written comment, a review, and tell us how you are enjoying the Leaders in Worship podcast. Remind you of the upcoming WFX conference that is happening in just a couple weeks, October 2nd through the 4th in Dallas, Texas. Don't forget to enter that promo code LIW2013. We want to thank you again for joining us, and uh, we have some great things that are coming up in the next couple weeks, some great interviews, and we hope that you stay tuned to that. Well, God bless you, and have an incredible, effective week in ministry.